0: Hi, my fellow expat women. I'm Ayan, co-host of the Coffee Talkie Show and co-founder of Smoothitive together with my sister, Gal. We are honored to be your positive expat expert today. We believe that every day is about feeling alive. We can take active steps, we can shift our attention to see the good in our life and accept that each challenge can be seen as an opportunity. We can all live extraordinary lives no matter where we are. That's why we started Smoothative, so we can serve, support and inspire women from all over the world. If you want to join us and other amazing like-minded women for weekly live session about everyday expat life, check out our platform Laplace. This is the place to share experiences, get motivated, be supported and feel good about yourself no matter where you live. If you are not a member yet, please go sign up at Smoothitive.com and join our incredible community for less than 1 euro a day. You've probably known for a long time that you needed some guidance and inspired community and life-changing tools. So please, your smooth and joyful experience abroad awaits you at Smoothitive.com. Now, let's get to today's episode, grab your coffee or tea and please listen closely. Maybe take some notes so you remember these insights of positive life abroad. And because we all should give a little more than we expect to receive, share this with a fellow friend. She would thank you for sure. And also, be sure to tag us or DM us on Instagram at smoothitive so we can say hi. Thanks again for listening. Now, let's begin. Hello, hello and welcome to
1: the Coffee Talkie Show about podcasts for women living abroad. And today we have, like always, a special topic, especially for today. It is something very close to our heart vulnerable
2: episode yes for those of you who don't know uh, we are originally from Israel and today in Israel we, um, we mention, we celebrate, we remember the it's the Holocaust Memorial Day, the Holocaust Remembrance Day and it's a subject very very close to our heart uh, as we are a third generation of uh, a Holocaust survivor, our grandfather passed away uh, last year and First of all we really miss but second of all we really love and it taught us so many amazing things That we decided to share with you today as gifts that we received about life and about how it should be lived uh, But also that is really really relevant to women from all over the world no matter where you live in your life so We want to share this with you. Uh, Grab your coffee, uh, maybe tissues, (laughs) uh, notebook, and let's Let's begin. begin. So,
1: yeah, um, I want to talk, you know, to start this conversation a little bit about, you know, the Holocaust in general, and how do we remember this horrible... Time in history of the world, of humanity, and so we grew up in Israel. Some of our childhood, um, we were born Jewish and in Israel, and we were taught a way of remember, remembering this, you know, time in history, and. As we grew up, we started to ask ourselves questions and to, you know, open ourselves to the world and to new ways of thinking and we also started to talk about this topic with our grandfather who was, uh, as we mentioned before, a Holocaust survivor, so he was just a kid uh, between the age of four and until almost ten and he didn't talk about this much at the beginning. When we were a little kids, this was not a topic that was, you know, on the table. We didn't talk about this horrible thing, uh, closed in box. No one can open this, and it hurts. You know, I heard a lot of time our father say, "I don't want to talk to my father about this because I don't want him to feel this." All of this hard feeling, and I don't, I don't want to see him hurt again. But we were, you know, chatty, <laughs> and uh, we pushed him a little bit uh, with our mother as well uh, to talk, to talk about this. And as we opened the conversation um, years ago, amazing things came out, and and you got to understand the difference between what we were taught and how we were raised to
2: remember this day not in, I, in our family like yeah. there is this like collective way of remembering things and whether you're jewish and you can relate to this or you have a family member that has gone through this um, or you're from europe and it affected your family in different ways because the holocaust was just a part of the second world war and i had the opportunity over the last 15 20 years to chat with many other persons that are not jewish and but have lost family members in this war that have dealt with different kind of things so this war touched so many people and every single um culture I'll say or country uh, will remember this in a different way and the way it has been passed through generations um, what you should remember I know that there's a lot of people that feel a lot of guilt Um, I had a chat about it with a friend just a couple of weeks ago some people prefer not to know some people never talked about it and in israel the the way we the the collective way to to remember was to be super sad mm-hmm. uh it's a day that usually like uh when you're in israel you turn on the radio and like the songs are just like make you cry all day long yeah, all
1: the sad songs uh, it's, it's a national thing you, you have to be it's, Sad. A, it's a national
2: um, grief grief day, like you... And it's a day
1: to remember the dead, yeah. and those who did not survive, and this, those who, you know, perished um, in this horrible time, and the horrors that they've gone through. And, you know, I remember as a kid, like, nightmares of the... Videos and the photos that we've seen—that until today, you know, give me the chills. And sometimes I can't sleep because of those nightmares. Yeah. But this is how we were raised: to be sad, to remember the dead, to talk about the horrors, to blame, to blame, to be—I feel
2: victim, to never forget. Yeah, that's that's the motto. That was the the message that we've again, as a collective thing, it's like, never forget this, and, and, and and also, never (laughs) forget, never forget, and, I don't know, can can you remember the shift, when did it happen to you? Uh, yeah, uh, so, when I studied
1: art and design in Jerusalem, um, I took a course in uh, memory, of the Holocaust and this is the first time that someone asked questions about the way we remember the Holocaust and the way we remember tragedies in the world you know because tragedies and wars are everywhere it's not only the Holocaust we're not we don't have a monopoly on this uh, and how we remembered th- and this is the first time I understood I have a choice on how I want to remember. So I was already like 25 years old uh, and I talked a lot with uh, our grandfather about how, how should we remember. Like, is it something, you know, it's, is it just sad and horrors? or do we want to remember other things and uh, this is this was also the time he was actually writing his book so for years like we said before he didn't want to share his story we heard you know little bits of his journey but he didn't want to go into this it was painful to him and he didn't want to share you know he was life is now let's put this past behind us and don't talk about this. But as, you know, as we grew up and we were kind of a pain in the ass and we wanted to talk about this, we wanted to ask questions, we wanted to know, we wanted to know, we wanted to hear his side of the story because the Holocaust is not just one story, there are millions of different stories. There are victims, there are, you know, Nazis, there are German soldiers, there are French resistance, there are so many different stories and so many ways to hear this story. And we wanted to hear his side of the story. So we asked him to write a book. And, yeah. and he did. <laughs> he did.
2: And you know, I, I remember the moment I changed the narrative about how to remember. Uh, it was when I was twenty seven, uh, and it's funny. I I have to tell you, like this day for years in my adult, like in my youth, was a very very sad day. Uh, like you have those like ceremonies, and you light up those like uh, memorial candles, and you do those things, and you dress black.
1: And, and you have a minute
2: that you have and to you have a minute be to, to be silent and to remember the death. And you know, even during we're talking about life abroad here. So it's something that is very, very present in Israel, but i I didn't grow up in Israel all all my life. and even when i I really remember Memorial Day when I lived in Dublin, and I made sure that I have I have a candle and I'm gonna be sad on that day and i remember it for three and a half almost i guess yeah three years uh, in the uk where although it was not allowed to to light up candles in the accommodations rooms i would light up a candle and i would be sad and i would make sure that i hear all those sad songs and i would make sure that i watch those testimonials movies that are sad and i would share Like I remember, and if you listen to this, like you know how much you mean to me, Um, I remember sitting with a German friend back in, in London and being like, but we're past that. We're supposed to be in good terms these days, although my past and although your past, and I don't know what it is, but hey, but I'm Israeli and you're German and we can be friends and that's amazing. But for years, I've, I, I've been sad on that day. And the shift happened during my travel to Australia. Uh, I don't know if it was the time differences yeah. uh, or just the fact that I was living life fully during this travel. And uh, I was about this time somewhere on um, like a little bit hot, a little bit norther to the Gold Coast um, on the beach and there was this like maybe I was in Cairns back then um, and I remember traveling to Danger Forest and it was so beautiful and uh, so beautiful it, I, I, I cannot explain it to you more it's like life it was so beautiful and there was this beautiful tree that in a very natural way created a heart from like the branches uh, and I have a beautiful picture there and what I remember coming back to the hostel at night and like looking at the pictures that I took and, and it hit me that it was the memorial day and that I didn't do any memorial They kind of... Sad rituals. Sad rituals that I used to for so many years. And I was sad because there was one ritual that I haven't done that I really, really felt bad about is that I didn't talk to our grandpa. So I looked at the time differences and I made sure that I woke up like super early, uh, somewhere in the middle of the night, I guess, so I can talk with him, although it was already like the day after. And I said to him, I'm so sorry that I didn't call you on that day. Like, this is something I used to do every single year. And, he, and his answer was, I'm happy you didn't call. And I'm <laughs> sorry. And what he said, and that's the moment everything changed. He was like, I didn't went through all of this so you can get to be sad I went through all of this. So you get to leave. And if you spend the entire day living, then that's everything that I was supposed to do. Um, And yeah. (laughs) We dropped one promise. Um, This is going to be a vulnerable moment. But that's the thing. Like, you know, now I'm like super emotional telling you about this because I just remember this hitting me so heavily and being like
0: damn it uh,
2: ah this is so strong life is about living and and from I can tell it from this moment my entire approach to life, changed but also my entire approach to this day changed and he said another thing and, and you know like this also this tiny thing it was about the memory of the this like the holocaust but it was about life and i think that's what we wanted to talk to you about mm-hmm. today the gifts of life because the one thing that he said to me and since then have uh, it's with me in every single thing that I do, is that instead of being sad for those who are not here anymore, be happy for what you got to share, what you got to learn, be happy about what is, focus on what is instead of what isn't, live instead of be sad about what isn't, and that's an the entire purpose of life once you understand it (laughs) so simple right so simple Um, we told you to bring um, dishes um,
1: so we should have some as well at the beginning we said that we have three gifts that we got from our Mm. grandfather um we got so much more but yeah we want to talk to you about today and this is exactly the first one is about life is to be cherished you know it's so precious it's a gift it's It's a a gift gift. and you know it sounds cliche sometimes people say yeah you only live once life's a gift you should live your life and cherish it and it sounds cliche but hearing this from someone who went through hell like proper hell hell. proper hell on earth and as a child (laughs) and when he said life it's, it's about living it. It's a gift. Enjoy it. Don't be sad. Enjoy it. And it brings it to another, a whole other level. And, you know, we talk a lot about this, you know, um, that our grandfather taught us in the past um, decade, I think. To live our life and we say it a lot between us and even here i think we said it more than once <laughs> yeah and yesterday as we were preparing this episode i said to myself well i remember him saying this i remember your story and i remember me talking to him about this and as we mentioned before he wrote a book and i think well it has to be in his book like if this was his Belief about life, then it has to be in the book. So I'll show you the book, and it's a habit book. it's a heavy book. It's a lot. It's written in French, like high level
2: <laughs> French. Okay, much higher than my French. And, or, and, or and your, you know, life abroad. He was an expat in France. He's originally from Poland. <laughs> this was not his like mother like native language, no. but he learned French, and he became. So so good at it. his wow. level of
1: French is like he actually started school when he was twelve. That's the first time he got to school in a language he didn't know, and his parents didn't know. So yeah, you you can get really really good in the language if you only choose to. But we'll get to this. So anyway, I was going through his uh, book yesterday, and I was looking for this, you know.
0: Please, like, tell me, where is this written, because
1: I, wa- I want to I wanna see, I want to uh, see your words about life. So, I told you before, I have this weird thing that I'm reading books from the end to the beginning sometimes. I was looking for it, so not really reading, but going through the book, and I, I couldn't find what I was looking for, but then, like normal people, I opened the book at the beginning, and then I got, I found what I was looking for. Because you always find what you're looking for, right? I always find what you're looking for. Um, and for you today, because most of you don't speak French, I guess. <laughs> uh, I translated it, you know, with the help of uh, Google Translate a little bit. And um, I'll try to read it to you <laughs> his words. His words. Without my tears. Oh,
2: maybe. Maybe maybe with some.
1: <laughs> oh, you, my fellow being, open yourself to the time and space of the world, to the offered life that must be cherished and embraced with open arms.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. A life to embrace. To love without reservation, passionately, without constraint, without limits, as a unique and irreplaceable gift. Oh, you, my brother, venerate life, all life, yours as well as others. Respect life, as it, as it is exceptional indivisible, irreductible, and egalitarian. Life is fraternal. Life is libertarian. So yeah, used very high-level words. But at the end, this is what it is life is an exceptional gift and we must respect it ours and others as well and hold it with you know open arms and i can so relate to those words
2: so thank you (laughs) and you know we we know a lot of stories from his past, and not all of it for sure. And I gotta share with you, like an hour ago, Mayan and I was we're walking um, on our morning walk, and we talked about it because we again we prepared what we're gonna talk to you today, and we we're saying like he gave us this like notion about life, this this formula about life, this idea of life is a gift. In so many ways, he accepted us with open arms, just love, even when he challenged us, even when he made sure that we become something in this world. Um, and, you know, you know, I shared it with my this morning. I was like, for years, I remember sharing with him that, like, I'm studying business and I've started marketing and, hey, I'm working in this huge advertising agency. And I was like, yeah. And <laughs> gave me a hug and <laughs> like, he wasn't very passionate about it. And, but he was always listening. He was always curious about whatever we're doing. And then... About two years ago, when I shared with him that Mayan and I has this vision to help people and to spread positivity and to share a legacy that we didn't even understood fully, that this is what we're doing, um, but that we wanted to make people create a life they enjoy living and, and we want to help, we want to help, we want to share, we want to make people smile. I studied psychology and I mind, studied mindfulness and, and we've done things. And then I remember him looking at me and being like, yes, you finally got it. This is the thing. This is the key. This is what you're supposed to do. And then he asked, how can I help you? Yeah. And you know, like, he was eighty something at the time, <laughs> and I remember one day getting like a form, like our website was new, and we, I got like a contact from, form from the website, and be like, I just read everything on your website, I love it. He read our book, he listened to things that we've recorded. Um, he was, he was a great supporter. Yeah, and he's here right now. He <laughs> yeah. So that was,
1: you know, the first and biggest gift that we could have asked for anyone. And uh, it took us some time to understand it and to actually put it into place and to actually really live this way. But, you know, one of the things that we... One of the ways we chose to honor him his legacy, his memory, is to pass this on, to do this, to share this with as much people as we can, so you too can cherish life.
2: And you know, when we say, my aunt talked about the cliché of life, we only live once, I want to invite you to think about it in a different way, we only die once, that's a fact, all of us here, there, you listening, we will all move to something else at some point. Whatever you want to believe in. We only die once. We get to live every single second until this, every single moment. When you open your eyes in the morning, it's a gift. If you decided to be alive today then live. You decide to live and then you make whatever you want to make out of it. It's a choice. It's a decision. It's not like and it will get us to the second point but it's it's life. It's what you decided to be and if you woke up this morning and he decided to listen to us. Then, first of all, thank you. But uh, great choice. Great choice <laughs> today. But even if today was horrible, even if last week was crappy, even if you know that you have like so many things to do, instead of surviving, start living every single day, every single moment that you can. This is it. You don't get a do-over just live it yeah Uh, thank you it brings
1: us (laughs) amazingly to our second gift that we wanted to talk about is about life is not the circumstances you're in it's not this the situations you're in it's what you decide to see in them to act in it how you want to behave how you decide it to be. Again, it's not the circumstances, okay? It's not this around you. It's what you choose and you decide to stay in it and
2: how you choose to live it. The meaning you give to the circumstances, the meaning you give to the situations. Because, again, we're talking here about the Holocaust I think every single one of you can imagine that the circumstances where atrocities, hell on
1: earth. I think no one can imagine those kind of things, and we won't minimize what it was. No one, and this is something (laughs) they said a lot, a lot. No one can understand what we've gone through not even in your wildest imagination, you will know what we've gone through. This is much worse than everything you can imagine. But then even in those horrible situations and this horrible reality, this was the reality, But then you can choose the meaning you give to things and how you look at them, and you are free in your mind to choose to decide how you see them and how you react. And you know. People were prisoners for five years in death camps, not given food or clothes or shoes, and they had to work, you know, a little kid, he was eight years old, he had to work from dawn to midnight without his parents most of the time. Those are horrible circumstances. But how you decide to see them? And how do you decide to live your life after this, this is your choice. And again, I want—we want—we're not here to minimize those horrible things. And he has gone through hell, and there were days where he didn't know if he would live tomorrow, or where were his parents, or what should he do, or you know seeing death everywhere around, and seeing human beings acting like wild animals. This is not, you know, normal for a kid to see and to live. But then again, this child came out of death camps, and he looked at life, and he said, well, I don't understand what happened, I don't understand. (laughs) Until his last day, he said, I don't understand. But I choose to live my life fully. I choose to love. I choose to trust. I choose how I see my reality. And I will make my reality what I want to
2: see. And you know this is this is heavy, but the reason why we share it with you and you know this podcast is is for life abroad. I wanna believe that none of you listening to us right now is going through that kind of horrible situations. And if you and if you do in some way, then first please reach out or to us or to someone else that will help you, Um, but we tend to see the worst in our day to day lives, in the smallest stupid, stupid things that happen to us, and instead of, and we focus on them, and it's not that I'm trying to compare, there's no way to compare those kind of things, but the reason why I'm telling you is this, if those people, if our grandpa and all the other survivors were able to detach themselves from the circumstances and decide to live despite the atrocities that they had to go through, then we are so damn lucky that those tiny things that we have to deal with, that we'll look at them and they look huge. I don't minimize it. We each have those. I've, I've done it more than once in my life. We get to choose how our life is going to look like despite the circumstances. We get to choose who we are, we get to choose what we do. We are, as Mayan said, we're always free in our mind. We decide, we can imagine, we can live through those filters that we make. If you wanna look at everything like it's a blessing, that's how life is going to be with you, for you. Everything is a blessing. It's about here what you decide in your mind, not about the circumstances. And it's true that in some circumstances,
1: it's looking at the situation as a blessing is hard. It's sometimes impossible. I gotta tell you, you know, when people were in death camps, seeing deaf people all around and, you know, doing labor work and, small kids walking around, alone, without their parents. Um, I don't know and I don't think this is a blessing in any way. True. True, (laughs) okay. True. Um, But, then again, there are those tiny moments, and I know them through the conversation I had with our grandfather, and through other books of survivors that I read, uh, you know, one of the one of the best example I think is uh, the book of Viktor Frankl, *Man's Search for Meaning*, where he said that he, he in his head he was in another place, in his mind he was in another place. He was working, you know, in those labor camps, but he thought of his wife that he loved so much. She was dead for years. He didn't know that. But he said, as long as I had her in my mind, and I felt her love in my mind, I could live. I had a meaning, and I could live. And I know our grandfather, he talked a lot about those tiny moments where he saw someone that cared for him. A stranger that came and gave him, you know, a piece of bread. And he gave it a meaning that, hey, someone cares about me. Someone is taking care of me. I love that. Thank you. Okay. And then, you know, I I heard a lot of time him saying that he wasn't angry at his parents for not being able to be there with him. They they couldn't. They couldn't, you know, be there for him. So he had to be all on his own. It so could, you know, get lived his life after this in anger toward them. Why did you leave me? Why did you left me all alone to deal with those horrible things? But he didn't. They both survived. He saw them after the war and he wasn't angry. He chose to deal with it in another way. He chose to see small moments, you know, and to remember his mother's um, recipes He ate a piece of potato and remembered that they were making, you know, family dinners. And in his mind, he was sometimes in another place, which, you know, enabled him to survive. Because if you're in a horrible situation, the circumstances are horrible, and you add to this, horrible meaning and you add to this anger and sadness and frustration then it's much harder to survive so here we're talking about survival i really really hope that you're not in a survival situation and maybe you're going through a hard time maybe you're having some challenges but challenges Mm. (laughs) they're Everywhere, some are small, some are bigger, some are huge, some are huge. And sometimes, when you look at a challenge, you know, think of a six-year-old boy living in a death camp. Pretty big challenge, right? But what can
2: you do about it? This is your decision. This is your decision. And I can share with you that again, it, it relates to our day-to-day life because you don't have to always look at the worst to realize that your life is pretty good. As in comparison, mm-hmm. you need to be able to look at your own life and see that it's pretty good, and that you overcame things, and that you change, and that you get a meaning to things, and that. You are not the circumstances that you are in. You decide what your life is. So decide. Give the meaning that you want to give to things. It's entirely up to you. As mine said, if you look at things and all you think of is, why is it happening to me? Um, Frustration, stress, overwhelm, anger, sadness, If that's everything you see, then that's how you're going to live it. And, you know, in the beginning we mentioned how
1: in Israel we were raised, you know, to be sad and angry and never forget and never forgive. And this is those people that got out of those death camps after horrors and decided that they want to be angry. And I don't blame them. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge. But this is a decision. And I think today, more and more people in our generation try to, you know, ask some questions. Why are we so angry still eight years after more than now. Why are we so angry? Why are we so sad? Now, this is you know it was our grandfather's circumstances, and we choose now to be sad and angry. For me, at least, and this is my opinion, this doesn't make a lot of sense, and I think this is one of the reasons that we wanted to you know approach this day in
2: in a different approach this day in a different way. And you know, going back to what we shared before. This is exactly that. We had a shift. For many, many years, we've dealt with this kind of day in the same way. And something, a pattern was changed in a moment. And we were like, it can be different. And if this can be different, everything can be different. It's not because this is how you're used to doing things for so many years that you have to keep on doing it for so many years, you can decide that it's not serving you anymore in the way you want it to be. Yeah,
1: And you know, that's very personal. This is our way. This is what works for us. And we are here, you know, to put our beliefs out there for you to listen and you don't have to agree. And I'm sure that there will be people that will listen to this and will get angry about us. And, and will we love you. not understand why are we talking this way, that it's disrespectful of the dead and disrespective of the survivor. And that's okay. I don't judge you. I, I really respect your way of seeing things. But I know that between me and you, I think as well, and our grandfather, this was the conversation. This was it. Decide for yourself. You're free to decide. You're free to choose what meaning you give to life. How are you moving forward, even if the circumstances are horrible? And how we today, as third generation after, how we choose to live without being angry all the time, without being sad all the time,
2: and it takes the the number one gift that we tell which is to live. yeah so the first just to before we get into the third gift that we want to share with you the first one was life is to be cherished and to be lived fully and the second one was that life is not your circumstances it's the meaning you give to it so it's up to you you decide. And Mm -hmm. the third one is is the human.
1: (laughs) You know, uh, our grandfather has a, you know, walked out of Buchenwald um, after the war. He said, I don't understand humanity. I don't understand human beings. (laughs) Why on earth would a man do this to another man? Like... Jewish Jewish people are men, German people are men, it doesn't mean if you're from France or Poland or Germany or Hungary or Greece, we're all human, Um, and he didn't understand, you know, how the Nazis saw it another way, and how people, you know, just like me and you today, were part of this craziness for so long in such huge you know scale he didn't understand so he went to study biology he said if i can't understand human i'll try to understand the
2: biology
1: of it how does the, the cells, cells how does the body works maybe i'll get my answer there Uh, he didn't get his answer there he studied for years had his PhD in biology
2: uh, research for years but he didn't understand humanity but one thing he, he did understand is that he decided again and that's the legacy that he gave to us be human and what we mean by that is be good be a good human Give, contribute, be kind, be kind to others, to yourself, but play in this life as a collective. See others as you would like to treat others as you would like to be treated. No matter the language, no matter the culture, no matter the race, no matter the gender, no matter anything. Above everything, be human. Even when times are
1: so hard and beyond imagination, hard. Uh, I just told you before about this little anecdote that uh, he told me once he wrote it in this book as well, that um, toward the end of the war. He was then separated from his father, they weren't the same king, but separated. He didn't know where his father is, so he was all by himself. And then this man, uh, who took care of him a little bit, you know, he gave him um, a small package from the Red Cross that arrived from time to time, to the prisoners, you know, it's politics, and to show that they care. A small package with a piece of chocolate dark chocolate and a small uh, jar of jam and for him it was like a dream beyond imagination he then didn't eat anything hunger was so present in all those camps and in his life and to receive chocolate and jam was like amazing but then he he got scared because he thought that people might think he stole it people maybe will beat him to death because they want to take this from him and so he was really really scared and he decided that he will eat the chocolate and he has to give this um, jar of jam to his father so late at night he ate the chocolate. He, you know, hid himself. He ate the chocolate by himself, and then he decided that the day after he will go and find his father in the camp. Now you gotta understand. I don't know what you know about uh, history of Holocaust, but the camp is huge. Hundreds or thousands of prisoners, all dressed the same. They didn't know the names. Of the prisoners they all had a number uh, so he went around asked for his father he knew his number do you know uh, this man from Warsaw um, and he asked around you know if you don't know what to do ask around maybe someone will know and and he hid his jaw of jam, looking around from his father and then he find a guy and they told him, I know your father, but he's at work right now, uh, but I can show you where he sleeps. And he took him to this um, uh, barracks and showed him, well, he sleeps here. And then as he writes in his book, and as he told us as well, he just sat there and imagined him with his father, he said, "I felt him. I cherished this moment, and I imagined, I dreamt that he holds me and we're together. And then I left this jar of jam on his bag, bed, something, <laughs> A piece, of A piece of wood, and I went to my place. And for him, it was like I, I took care of my father. I gave." from my own to him, because I care, because I love. Only years after he discovered that his father never got this um, channel. And this was only, you know, as he said, it's a story between a son and a father,
2: and us. And us, and you know. But I think that the meaning of it is, is in two things, is one, even when you have so little. so little, you can always give. And the meaning again that you give to those moments, they make them huge. And for him, he felt in his heart, in his mind, that he has done something amazing. And because of that, he gave him strength to keep on going. He knew that he felt this in his body he embodied it he thought about it he dreamt the body he felt like he's done something. he saved his father with this jam and it and, doesn't
1: really matter if the other side so is yeah as long as you give yeah because you can only control yourself you can't control everything else so as long as you give you are human towards others, no matter the circumstances.
2: Then I think you'll have a better life. You'll have a beautiful one, even despite the circumstances. Absolutely. And uh, oh, I miss you, Grandpa.
1: So, as we said before, this was some of the things we learned from him our conversations um, in in the last years and this is how we chose to take it in and implement in our life and our way of you know making this world a better one is to share this to share those gifts that we got from him to share his memory To share a little bit of his story to others. And we really hope that some of this will get
2: to you. Yeah. And that no matter where you are right now. And if you listen to this today. Decide how you want your life to look like. What you want to do with it. And what's the meaning that you give to every single thing that... Is happening, and be human. Be a good human, and live your life um, to the fullest. Absolutely. We love you, Papi. <laughs> we love you so much. Um, and for those of you listening to us, we hope you could feel our heart uh, today and we hope it made sense to you in some way and that as my aunt said you got something out of it even if it's a tiny thing and if you'd like to comment or to talk to us about this please feel free to reach out we love to hear from from others uh, experiences and life and love and humanity and um, we're inviting you to spread this message that we have in this world um, because that's the best thing you can do for us and inner make other people know that they should be the human as well so thank you (sighs) (laughs) yes thank you so much for listening to us and we look forward to another episode on our podcast What?